Great set of ads, those. Um, if you want to have a bit of a laugh, then uh, go to YouTube, look up Specsavers ads. There's a lot there. Uh, welcome if you're here for the first time today or visiting. Um, great to have you here. My name's Graham, Minister here. Um, today, our, our aim is to get some... Uh, to get, get some clarity on us as a church and where we're going to see things clearly, um, hence the Spect Savers ad. Uh, that's, our, that's our aim. Um, what, what do we need to keep doing as God's church in terms of direction and simplicity, I guess? I'm going to tell you five things in a moment and a bit of clarity. So I guess it's a bit chance to pause and reflect. That's what we're doing. We're pausing on reflect, reflecting on God's church here and um, I, as I suppose we're about to get pretty busy. We're about to sink our teeth into a series on Revelation. So that's going to be a bit harder work than what it is today. So today might be a chance to just relax a little bit and be reminded of the things we're already doing and be challenged to the things we want to keep doing as God's church. So we're going to hopefully get a bit of clarity, see things clearly of where God wants to take us as his church. I actually did go to the optometrist recently, and I did go to Specsavers, and um, I did get a new set of glasses because these ones aren't quite doing it for me. But the problem is what I got, maybe depending on my, maybe it's an age thing, right now with these glasses on to read my Bible, or well, this little one particularly, I have to do this. Anyone been there before? No. Yeah. Okay. That's that's. I've got to put it right out here. But uh, the new um, the new glasses I got given, uh, they're multifocals, and so I actually can't preach in them. I can't stand here and look at my notes and preach, nor can I play guitar. So they're completely useless to me, to be honest. I'm going to have to take them back, which is a bit sad. They'll cost lots of money. Anywho. Um, That's what we're doing today. We're seeing things clearly and where God wants to take us as his church. It's a bit of a reminder, pausing and reflecting on God's word. How about I pray? And at the end of today too, we're going to have a bit of a a question and answer time. If you've got some questions about um, church in general, today's a good day to ask. Um, A question about uh, some of the passages that we looked at today. We're going to be jumping around God's word a little bit. So it's probably best today, um, unlike next week, uh, that we'll, and the weeks following that we just look at the screen I've got some verses up there but if you wanted to have Colossians open that would be the one to have open okay how about I pray Father we thank you for your goodness and kindness to us we thank you that you're a good God who gives us so many good things we thank you for church and we pray Lord as we, um, we think about where you are taking us and where you want us to go as a church we pray that you would help us to see things clearly and um, and to get a bit of clarity on, on our direction as a church. Help us with that. Help us to commit to each other as your people gather together around your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've got five, I guess, five fundamentals. Now, you can see in your outline there, and I hope you've got your outline open. Um, and if you don't have a pen, feel free to jump up and get one at any time. There's some right at the back up there. Um, but you can fill in the blanks. That's to keep you interested and keep you alert and ready to, you know, following along. You might even learn them off by heart. But fill in those blanks. I'm going to have them up on the screen. Here's the first one, these five fundamentals Things we need to be clear on as God's church, things we need to keep doing. Now, the first one should come as no surprise, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, we are, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So as a church, we're not going to be ashamed of Jesus. Full stop. We're not going to be ashamed of Jesus. No matter how unpopular he is, 
And no matter how difficult some of the things he says are, we're not going to be ashamed of Jesus. Because we believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Saviour of the world, that he did come to this world to die for us, for our sin, to take the punishment for our sin on the cross. Uh, We believe who he said he is, that he is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. That means we're going to preach Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to have the words of Jesus dwell in us. So, Colossians 3 verse 16, let the message of Christ, it's the same word, by the way, as word. So, the word of Christ, the same Greek word, logos. Uh, Let the message of Christ or the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So the words of God, because we believe in who Jesus said he is, the words of Christ are going to dwell in us richly no matter what we do, whether it's me up front here or a guest or someone like that or the songs we sing or in our small groups or in our youth ministry, in our children's ministry, whatever we do, we're not going to be ashamed of Jesus because the, and the words of Christ are going to dwell in us richly because we believe who Jesus said he is. Now, I had to listen to the, on the ABC radio the other day in the morning and the Nick Reinberger show as I was driving somewhere, I don't know, um, and uh, there was a segment on what it is to be a Christian. Couldn't believe it. Oh, this, this should be interesting or, or it will drive me nuts. Um, it drove me nuts. Uh, not quite. But the, the, so Nick Reinberger got, a, um, he got an expert in and the expert was a, a local pastor of a church, which I was thrilled to hear. The local pastor of this church spoke about Jesus, but all he did was speak about Jesus as an example to follow, as an example. And I must admit, I was not quite tearing my hair out, but I really wanted to call up. I've never done it before, so I was a bit nervous. I didn't call up in the end. I was a bit, I, I should have, anyway, I didn't, and the segment finished and, you know, I kept driving. But Jesus is not just a good example. That's not what Jesus says about himself. What does Jesus say about himself? He he has some big claims, doesn't he? He says that he's come to this earth to die as a ransom for many. Uh, He died for our sin. That's why he came, to to uh, to serve and not to be served. So he's not just a good example. So we're not, we're not going to teach Jesus as a good example. No, no, Jesus is God's son who came to die for our sin. That's what we're going to preach about Jesus, what he says he is. So Jesus will be our foundation, you could put it that way. Um, as God's church grows, Jesus is the foundation we build on. It's really the number one fundamental we're looking at. Everything else we do builds on Jesus and of course that's what the New Testament says a good analogy here to think through and and a a helpful picture I think is the world's tallest building now the world's tallest building it's in Dubai um, uh, although the the kingdom tower in Saudi Arabia they're trying to build it but it's taken years and years it's very very Arabic to do that they compete between we want to have the tallest tower no no we have the tallest tower anyway so they want the tallest tower but have a look at the foundations of these buildings, particularly the one in the middle there. The Burj Khalifa is 828 metres. When you see it in, in real life, if you do a stop over there or something like that, go and have a look at it. Uh, you know what's most impressive? I think what's most impressive is not the height. That is impressive. Like it's very tall. It's right up there. 
But what's most impressive is when you look at the bottom, the bottom, the base, the foundation, it is strong. It is well built. It actually looks like it's, I don't know, it looks muscly. I like that. It looks just really strong. And in fact, there's the stats. The Burj Khalifa, which weighs about 500,000 tonnes, rests on 3.7 metre thick uh, triangular frame foundation supported by rounded steel piles measuring 1.5 in diameter. So it, I don't know, how's that, about that much, a bit more? That's a very, very um, thick uh, pile going down and extending to 50 metres below the ground. That's what gives it its strength. What gives this building its strength is its foundation. Friends, our foundation is the strongest going around and that is, of course, Jesus. He's our foundation as God's church and so we build on him. And so... Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 10, by the grace of God, this is Paul says about the Corinthians, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, he says, and someone else is building on it. So they're the guys who followed up from him, uh, Peter and, and, uh, and, and so forth. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver or costly stones, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. Uh, friends, we need to build on the solid foundation that is Jesus. That's what we need to keep doing on, uh, building on. That's our first, um, first little fundamental, really. Our second one, uh, again, probably won't come as a surprise to you, is discipleship. So we're trying to see, God's, see the, the role of God's church clearly, get some clarity with that. Being a disciple means that you're a learner. That's what it means. And Jesus is our teacher. So you're a follower of Jesus. He's our teacher. We learn from him. And as a church, what we want to be is disciple-making disciples. That's the role of God's church. So we jump across to Matthew 28. This is the verse that, um, that Brooke read for us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, being, as a church, we want to, our our instruction from God is to go and make disciples. In fact, we could read it as you go, as you go, whatever you do, you're making disciple making disciples, disciples that want to make other disciples. That's, that's our responsibility as God's church, to share the gospel in that way. That's what discipleship is, to do that. But it's also to grow in the gospel, not only to share the gospel, but it's to grow in the gospel. So uh, Matthew, uh, sorry, Colossians 1, 28 to 29, I think this is the one that Alex read to us. He is the one, that's Jesus, we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's our goal as God's church. That's what we want to keep doing. We want to present everyone mature in Christ. Now, I won't get you to do it right now, but just sense the people around you in the room. Um, and there's a few people away today as well. Our goal for each other is to present each other mature in Christ, growing in Christ and mature in Christ. That's our goal. Uh, fair question is, how are you doing that? How are you encouraging others to grow in Christ? It's a good question to ask and a good one to think through about how you're doing that. The other question to ask too is, are you growing? Are you growing in Christ? Are you becoming more mature as you trust in Jesus? One way to look at that, are you giving everything to him? Everything. Are you hearing his word? Not just on Sundays, but are you growing and to do that? 
Obviously, reading the Bible on your own and praying your own is a, is, a, is a very important thing to do. We've talked about that in the last few weeks. Uh, committing to the gathering together in church is important to do that. Being part of a small group is important to do that. Are you growing and uh, becoming more and more like Jesus? Now, how can we do that? Uh, how can we share the gospel and grow in the gospel as disciples of Jesus? Well, what we do is we use the tools of God. It's our third little fundamental. So, so far we've talked about Jesus and discipleship and now we use the tools of God. Now, what are they? Well, I've got some little, I like props. I'm going to give you some props to help you understand, okay? You can tell me, you can sort of guess with me here about what these might be. So, here we have a... So a mechanic will use a, a wrench, um, a number of other things. I'll pick that up in a minute. So a wrench, that's a mechanic. So that's his tools. Carpenter will use a hammer. All right, that's what his tools will be there, I suppose. The tools of a, of a gardener, that's my set of shears. They're pretty rusty and pretty ordinary looking, but a gardener will use that. That's their tools. So what have we got here? We've got a computer. So that must be a journalist. All right, there you go. A doctor would use a doctor would use a stethoscope. That's true, isn't it? And I've got one here for a teacher. A teacher would use no. That's not quite. That's not right, is it? No, sorry, I got confused. That's a cricketer. Yeah, anyway, um, so so what what do we use as God's church? What are the tools that we ought to use as God's church to to share the gospel and grow in the gospel as disciples of Jesus? Well, the Bible says it's pretty clear, really, and we'll see the example of Paul in a moment. The Bible and prayer. They're the tools of God. We use the tools of God, the Bible and prayer. Uh, with the goal of growing in Christ and sharing Christ, our tools are God, his word, and the Bible and prayer. See, that's God's way of working. God is the one who makes things grow. It's not us. God is the one who makes things grow. So we need to use the tools of God as we partner in him, partner in him in, uh, in serving each other in church. So I like 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 because it says the, the weapons of God. Paul speaks about the weapons of God he uses. And so he says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. What might be the weapons of the world? Uh, deception, maybe. A bit of trickery. Bribery, I don't know. Uh, there might be things like watering down the gospel. It gets a bit hard, so we're going to skip that bit. I even heard on that TV, that radio show the other day, um, that someone actually said, "Well, it doesn't really matter what you what you believe in the Bible. You can pick and choose what you like to follow." Absolute rubbish! What a load of rubbish! Um, we can't do that. That's complete hypocrisy. Uh, I won't get sidetracked for a minute. <laughs> the weapons we fight with uh, that Paul refers to, and we we see them in. Um, uh, we see them in Paul and Thessalonica. So Paul writes and he says, um, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as, that, as it actually is, the word of God, which, indeed at, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So one of the, the, the weapons that Paul fought with was the Bible. He preached the word of God to them. He preached the gospel to them. And that was at work in them as they believed. You see that? But the other thing Paul did was he prayed. 
And so we see this in Philippians chapter 1, but I could have picked so many passages here. So many of Paul's letters start with him praying for his church. And friends, that's what we ought to do as well. We follow the example not only in Paul's preaching as, he, as, as the church grew, but we follow the example of Paul in his, pre, in his praying. So I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And, and it continues there. That, that's not a bad prayer for us to pray for each other, is it? With thankfulness and joy, uh, we pray for the partnership in the gospel we have. So there's using the tools of God. And don't forget too, the, the Ephesians 6 says that the, the word of God is the, the sword of the spirit. So it's how the spirit works in us. So there's the tools of God, uh, the weapons of God, if you want to put it that way. Okay, so we've got our first three, and hopefully you're filling in the blanks there. You, mine are still blank, but I know the answers. Um, Jesus Christ, discipleship, and use the tools of God. All right? Here's the fourth fundamental, that as we seek to get clarity on where God is taking us in his church, here's the fourth one. We want to promote good relationships. Promote good relationships. And we've got to work on this. It doesn't come easy, and, and I think you probably know the reason why. It, it's because I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. We're sinful. We're selfish sometimes. And so promoting good relationships is hard. Uh, but with God's Spirit in us, well, these fruits of the Spirit grow out from us. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. See, God's church must be characterised by those things there. That's what must characterise us. And, and we can look at Colossians 3. It's, it's, um, uh, it fleshes this out a little bit more. So Paul writes to the church of Colossae, Therefore it's God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago when we looked at the, our... our um, a spiritual constant in church, that that's what we are. We're God's people gathered together. God draws us together. God's chosen people. Holy, we're made right in his sight. Colossians chapter 1 tells us that. Holy in his sight, um, dearly loved. That's what you and I are by God. And then there's a big therefore at the start of the verse. Therefore, clothe yourselves. Put these things on. This is what will characterize you as God's church. We're going to have to keep working. We keep working on this. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these things, uh, these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. See, church is a gathering where we commit to these things. That's what we do. We pray about them and we commit to them. We commit to these things. So churches are gathering a community, if you like, where we commit to these things in welcoming new people. Our churches are gathering where we commit to these things in serving one another. Our churches are gathering where we commit to these things in, uh, in just coming and committing to this gathering together. That's important too. Uh, churches are gathering where we commit to these things in coming early. Why would we come early? You're probably so sick of me telling me, talking about this. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep coming. Yeah. Uh, if you come early, you can see how you might be able to serve. You might be able to see uh, that there's someone sitting alone who needs just someone to talk to. 
There might be someone... <laughs> Poor Phil's on his own here. We love you, Phil. It's all right. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you, it's, people who often are new to a church too will come early because they don't want to come in late and everyone looks at them. And so come early, uh, look around and talk to those people, serve those people, see what might need to be done. Um, church is a gathering where we commit to these things in thinking prayerfully about where you sit as well. Uh, so where you sit is important because you could sit with someone that you want to serve and, and build up and encourage. A church is a gathering where God brings us together where we commit to these things in following up people who have not come for a while. Or maybe just a couple of weeks. Now, you don't bring them up to make them feel guilty. Where have you been? Why aren't you not here? No, no, no. You could ask them, hey, we've missed you the last couple of weeks. Is everything okay? Um, uh, could we have a coffee together? Let's get, let's get together and, and just catch up. Uh, maybe invite them to your house, share a meal with them, whatever it might be. That's what church is. As we do these things, we're conscious of each other and we love each other and so we keep up with each other and make sure that people don't slip away. That's really important. That's our responsibility. It's not mine, just mine, partly mine, but it's all of us together. Uh, that's our responsibility. Okay, so we promote good relationships. That's our number four. And there's some verses there that you can look up in more detail if you like. What about number five? Number five is we build for the future. Build for the future. I'm going to try to put this word, I'm not quite sure how to describe this, but you know when, as a parent, you don't parent for that time and place only. You actually parent for the future, don't you? Let me give you an example. So, little Johnny, don't stick the fork into the electrical socket. Don't do that. Um, you're parenting for that time and place, but also, as a good parent, you don't want little Johnny to stick the fork in the electrical socket tomorrow either, do you? You're trying to parent for the future. That's what you're doing. A good parent will do that. Uh, it won't really work if you parent just for that time and that place no, no, you actually parent for the future. That's how you want them to grow, in other words, you, for, the, for, for tomorrow, for the future. Now, that's a biblical pattern where we build or we parent each other for the future. We see it in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. So here's Paul and he's speaking to, uh, he's writing to the, uh, his young son in the faith, Timothy, who's at the church at Ephesus. And he says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and, in the, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, that's the gospel, it's this teaching, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So you see, there's a building for the future. Paul is not to sit at Ephesus, sorry, Timothy is not to sit at Ephesus and just cross his fingers and hopes everything's going to be okay. You know, oh, I hope, you know. God provides. No, God actually wants us to entrust to reliable people. He wants us to train up others to do that work, to do the gospel work that, say, for example, Paul has been doing. Training up reliable people so as ministry continues, so as ministry grows. Ministry, by the way, just means service. So whenever you see the word ministry, think service. All right? We all do that. Uh, that's our responsibility as God's church to train up reliable people so ministry continues and grows. Now, um, now, we're doing that, which is great. We do it a lot. If you're in a small group, I hope you are, um, a community group, we're calling them. If you're in a small, small group Bible study, then 
know this, your leader is hatching a plan as you speak each, each week, is hatching a plan to try to find other leaders and train them up. That's what they're doing. It's a slow process sometimes, but that's what they're doing, all right? <laughs> Don't point to them now, by the way, if you're a leader, uh, Brooke. Um, <laughs> so that, that, but the same, we're doing ribs at the moment. So in our youth ministry, what we try to do is we train up year 9s, 10s and 11s, 12s um, to be future leaders. So what we want to do, for example, in, in, with our, uh, LI, with our um, uh, ribs, that's our youth ministry, with our ribs, ribs young kids, what we're trying to do is we want to send them off to a leadership camp later in September, um, September, October holidays, and even in January as well. It's a leaders and training camp, it's a youth works camp, and I might talk to you a bit about that later on as well to see if, another time, um, to see if we can help our young teenagers get to that camp, because it's not cheap, it's a few hundred dollars, and that's a big call. So it might be for your way of serving, you want to say, I'd love for our youth ministry to be training up leaders. This is a way that I can help. I can't be a youth leader, but I might be able to give a bit of money so one of our year nines and tens and elevens can get to a really good camp uh, that trains and equips and looks and builds for the future. We do in our children's ministry as well. Uh, We're trying to train up uh, other leaders. We do in our community groups, as I said. We want to raise up leaders and build for the future. Okay, so that's, we've got five. There it is. Five, I've called them fundamentals. There might be a better name. I don't know. That's the basis of what we do. I'm hoping that you've got a bit of a clear vision on where we're going as a church. We've taken time out in our busy preaching schedule uh, just to look at the, to, to pause and reflect on, and, on some clarity on looking at the road ahead for God's church here in Robertson and Barrowing. Uh, these are five fundamentals that we will continue to focus on. We're going to implement them. Uh, in fact, we already have in our children's and youth ministry. We're going to implement them across all our, all our ministries, including our seniors' ministry. Our seniors' ministry had our first little gathering um, on, um, on Wednesday. We had a lunch uh, over in the pub. I've been given some good feedback that the seniors' ministry is not a good name. And so uh, we, we, we need to think of a new name. So, so don't, don't do that now, um, so people yell out, uh, yeah, you just don't want to go there, especially a young person, don't go there. Um, but um, some of the oldies have been giving very derogatory names for the seniors' ministry, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, so if you've got an idea, talk to Val or Grace, not to me, I'll just say, yes, whatever, that's lovely. Um, I'm there to support it, that's what I do. Now, um, where was I? So, five fundamentals. We're going to implement them across all our ministry, including our seniors' ministry. I want you to pray about them. All right, there's five there. I'd love you to to remember them. Maybe stick them on your fridge. Uh, Let them impact your prayers. So, when you're praying for the children's ministry and the leaders who are going out there today, who's out there today? Do you know? Who's leading today? Grace and Alex. So, when we're praying for Grace and Alex, and they're on for a couple of weeks, I think, still... Um, we're, we're going to pray for these things as they, as they do it. When we're praying for the youth ministry, pray through those things. Remember the verses that we looked at, if you can. Uh, when, you look, when, we, when we pray for just Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings, pray through those things. Uh, let, let, let them shape your prayers uh, because I'm pretty sure, as we've looked at today, that the Word of God has shaped those. Five fundamentals uh, to help us to see clearly where God wants us. Friends, I'm going to ask you to jump on board, but don't be a passenger. Uh, Jump on board, get
Get involved, love and serve. Uh, Next week we'll start um, Revelation chapter 1. We have a great opportunity too next week. We have a few visitors um, from Southern Highlands Christian School and we're going to pray for um, ministry in schools. And so as one particular school who represents a number of people in our congregation, uh, we're going to pray for not only that school but um, a number of different schools in the area. So that would be a bit of a, a, a important and um, yeah, a good thing to do for us as a church. But we'll also start Revelation chapter 1. So if you want to read ahead in Revelation, do that. Revelation is going to be a bit of hard work. It won't be really easy at times. Now, the first few chapters are okay, up until about chapter 5 or maybe 4, um, and then, um, then it gets a bit more tricky. So I won't start the sermon now, um, but uh, have a read and don't listen to it. I made the mistake this week. I thought, I'm gonna, I've read it for you and through a number of times, but I thought I might listen to it. See that? See? And I've got one of those recordings, those NIV recordings that has, um, well, it has, it has music in the background. And, this, and so in parts of Revelation, the music lifts up and, big, and, and then there's, there's thunderclaps and it wasn't very helpful at all. Um, so read it through. Listening didn't work for me. It might work for you. I don't know. Okay, how about I pray and, um, and then if anyone's got any questions or comments, uh, let's do that and we'll see how, where that takes us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you most of all today for uh, your word to us. God, you're a God who speaks to us. We pray that we as a church would be a church that is open to listening. Lord, that you would give us open hearts and minds to hear your word and to put into practice. We pray that our foundation would always be on Jesus. Help us never to stray from that. We pray that we'll be a church that's loving, that promotes these good relationships, that we use the tools of God. We pray for each other. We pray that we build for the future. And we make more disciples of Jesus by your help, by Lord, by your power only. So Lord, we thank you so much for church. We thank you that we can share a meal today too after the service and have that encouragement. And Lord, we um, pray that you continue to build your church. Help us to be growing more mature as we, as we follow Jesus, more and more like Jesus. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.